You've tuned in to Sci-Fi Fidelity, Episode 100, Best Sci-Fi Fidelity Memories. Welcome back, everybody, to Sci-Fi Fidelity for one last time. It's been a great journey, and we're going to be ending it by taking a look back and getting a little bit nostalgic and hopefully we'll be able to keep ourselves uh, contained <laughs> with the emotions, Dave, because we definitely have a lot of fond memories over the past five years. Well, we do. And, you know, you mentioned whether we're going to be able to keep our emotional composure. <laughs> and, and I think we are because this is not the first time we've been in this situation. Correct. For a podcast ending for a number of reasons. And, you know, we, we just keep coming back. You, you guys can't keep us... Uh, <laughs> keep us down for too long so what our next incarnation will be we don't know at this point but uh, we're in discussions yeah you'll hear from us again yeah uh, actually i just talked to one of the den of geek editors today about uh idea to have sci-fi fidelity as a segment on a larger video show i guess you could say on youtube and some of the social media channels so you might actually see a a shorter version of this podcast available on video outlets. And so it just makes it a little bit harder for you to get it downloaded onto your phone or whatever. But I figure not too many people are commuting anyway. So hopefully you'll still be able to enjoy that content on YouTube or some of Den of Geek social media channels. So yeah, we're definitely not out for the count. And I think this is going to be a good one to end on because we do get to look back on the evolution of the show because it did change from 2016 until now. Well, it sure did. And, you know, as I was going back looking for possibilities for my three choices, so many of the interviews just popped out at me. And yeah, I'm sure you felt the same way that you didn't want to just pick three interviews. Right. <laughs> but it would have been very easy. And it just, again, took me back to June of 2012 when we did our first podcast together. And our first interview that I'm sure we've mentioned more than once on Sci-Fi Fidelity with Jonathan Lloyd Walker, who was a writer with Continuum at the time and is now the showrunner for Van Helsing. But oh, just over the years, some just great ones. And we're going to mention a few tonight for sure. And I think it's interesting that you said that because I felt the same way. I immediately was drawn to the interviews, even though those aren't typically my favorite episodes to listen to, because I do listen to the podcast in addition to, you know, being one of the hosts. And I really enjoy the discussion topics, and yet I wasn't really drawn to as many of those. I, I've got one on my list, but it'll be interesting to see how the listeners feel. We've got a few people who gave us some feedback, and they did try to also separate theirs between the three categories. And, you know, over the years, we've had the monthly podcast where we had two show topics, an interview, and a discussion topic all in the same podcast. And then as time went by the last two years, we've been doing it as separate interviews and show topics and discussion topics. And they just came as they were convenient to whatever we were talking about. So definitely had different ways to enjoy your favorite content. Yeah. And the interesting thing about the interviews is that they, they generally fell in two camps. One, the, the person was clearly pushing their current show that was either already on the air returning for a new season or perhaps premiering. But in, in a lot of cases, we were able to talk to them about their career as a whole or right, yeah. just life, the universe and everything. 
Yeah. In fact, I guess that's where you're going to start us off with today. <laughs> yeah. So mine actually wasn't a numbered episode. It was labeled as a bonus interview with Christian Kane, and it was published on December 28th, 2017. And of course, you know, Christian Kane from the librarians. And one of the reasons I chose this, it was my first on my own interview. And, and, you know, for those of you that don't know, which is probably all of you that, uh, <laughs> you know, while Mike and I share putting the notes together, drafting the questions for the interviews, he does all the behind the scenes work. He arranges it with the reps or sometimes the person themselves and he initiates the phone call all i got to do is sit back and wait for the little uh, <laughs> phone to ring on skype so this was my first where i had to do it by myself and what we learned over the years and it didn't take long to learn this we weren't really nervous about talking to the person we were nervous about something technically going wrong Yes, exactly right, which it did, but only like twice in our entire career. So the record's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So this was my first by myself at my home because there was one, we did it at work on my lunch. So, you know, you were just in the next room. So if there was <laughs> right. a problem, but this one could not have gone better. The Librarians is such a cool show. It's fair to say that his character, Jake Stone, is one of the coolest characters in that show. Christian Kane was so down to earth, appreciative. I, I can't tell you how many times he thanked me for interviewing him. And again, <laughs> not the first one that did that. I, I think we've been very fortunate with almost all of our interviews. Yeah, it's interesting that a lot of times they are as grateful being able to talk about their careers and you know plug whatever they want to plug as much as we are grateful that they chose to join us. Yeah. Now, this took place in a December. We talked about his and Librarian's co-star Lindy Booth's Christmas movies that they both <laughs> yeah. starred in and the appeal of working on that kind of project. And it was really funny because we talked a little bit about the competition that my Christmas movie might be better than yours. But, of course, I had to ask him about Leverage and his character, Elliot Spencer, and I never really watched Leverage, so I had to do a little bit of research. And what I found out very quickly is that his character was mega popular. And the show was popular. And I'm sure you guys know it just got the notice that it's going to be rebooted. That's right. And Noah Wiley's going to be in it. So I assume uh, Dean Devlin is still involved somehow. I'm not sure. Yeah, he absolutely is. <laughs> and, you know, we got to talk some music since he also tours with his own band in which he sings and plays guitar. And it was just it was just a total joy to sit down with him. And we could have gone on for several hours, I think. I mean, he certainly didn't act like he needed to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I love when that happens, when you can just kind of wind them up and, and let them go. And it's also nice when questions come to you off the top of your head. Like you said, we do have questions prepared in advance. We try and make them come out naturally, and we do allow for some flexibility. But yeah, he's the kind of person you could have just made up questions on the spot and been perfectly fine. And that's what I'm going to start off with is this natural feel, because there was something about the interview with William B. Davis back in January of 2018. This was episode 25 of the podcast, where we were just so starstruck. And we've had others since William B. Davis that were on that same tier, I guess you could say, or even higher in some cases. But at the time, this was just like, 
whoa, we have William B. Davis, not only because we started with Continuum and he was part of that show, because, of course, I had met Bill, as he's known, (laughs) at Fan Expo in Toronto after season one of Continuum, long before the revival of the X-Files was even being talked about. And he was sitting at a very approachable table, unlike the other autograph booths at that convention. But for some reason, when X-Files came back, that intimidation level from him re-inhabiting the role of the smoking man just went way up. Oh, my gosh. And, and, you know, you brought me home an autographed photo of him from that convention. So I've got that staring at me in my home studio while we're waiting to, uh, you know, initiate the phone call that day. (laughs) And like you said, his character is so intimidating within the context of the show and again, we just really didn't know what to expect. And I guess we were not all that surprised because everybody we interview, especially the Canadians guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Hate to stereotype, but that's a good one. And it's interesting because he actually gave us his cell number. You know, it was one of the few that we didn't deal with a publicist. He just said, call Bill directly is what his, his uh, agent said. And I just called him up right before our interview. And that was just kind of a surreal moment as well. And I certainly loved talking to him about the nature of Smoking Man's relationship to Fox Mulder and all that. But I also enjoyed that interview because we discussed his work in the skeptic community. And that was one of those ones where we just kind of had to get him going. And he was really interested in that topic for quite a while. So this is the kind of thing that set the stage for some of our later interviews with people like George Takei that was on the den of geek podcast, not on sci-fi fidelity. But if we hadn't had that practice, I think with William B Davis and calling him directly like that, I think we would have maybe had a harder time later on with some of the other uh, celebrities. Yeah, because that wasn't intimidating at all, talking to Mr. Sulu. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And he called me out on something. I forget exactly what it was. Oh, it was because we didn't hop a train to go to New York and see his play. Oh, okay. We, We didn't have any personal experience with it. But yeah, so William B. Davis, definitely my first starstruck interview. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. 
Well, I'm going to shift gears and get away from interviews for a second. Sci-Fi Fidelity, episode 41, which was published February 3rd, 2019. And we covered the series, A Discovery of Witches. And despite the fact that neither of us are big fans of fantasy shows about witches, some of those we covered on the podcast turned out to be pretty darn good. And then I ended up watching them. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was interesting too. You're talking about this one and I'll talk about another one that surprised me as well. And they both ended up being very popular episodes of the podcast in terms of numbers of downloads, people who listen to it. So I was very pleased by that aspect of it as well. Okay. And you know, of all the ones that we covered about witches, None grabbed my attention more than this one starring Matthew Good and Teresa Palmer as the vampire Matthew Claremont and the witch Diana Bishop, respectively. And while there have certainly been other multi-creature scenarios in television, I love the notion of the Council of Witches, Vampires, and Demons. And it's also that smoking hot chemistry between Matthew and Diana that really takes the viewer's breath away, even though the basic storyline is compelling enough on its own. So I can see where a show like this would appeal to a varied audience. Yeah. And I think that we did have a variety of opinions of the show shared on the Facebook group, but the story itself had that classic feel like the Harry Potter origin story. That's the kind of thing where you go into an old library and find a book that's magical and no one else knows that it's there. And, you know, just love that kind of beginning. And, you know, my stepdaughter is waiting with bated breath. She keeps asking me if I have some inside info on a discovery of which is season two, because, you know, in the UK, they take their time with the productions and, and with everything on hold right now, who knows when it'll be back. <laughs> oh, yeah. And my wife loves some of these shows so much. She's willing to watch my screeners that have my name watermarked across the screen. She's like, I don't even notice it. Like, yeah. Okay. After a while. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you have to love a vampire who moonlights as a college professor, geneticist, <laughs> operates his own tricked out biology lab. Yeah. Um, you know, and we were kind of intrigued by the time travel. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait because that was at the very end of the season. So can't wait to see what happens with that show. Yeah. Hearing about the time walkers. That's right. Yeah. Discovery of Witches. That one really surprised me because not only because of our own interest, but because of how much it got downloaded. So during those times when we had just changed the format of the podcast to weekly. Well, your next choice really surprised me as to how much I loved it. Yeah. And well, it's exactly the same formula. The Umbrella Academy which also was just a month after we had started the new weekly format, episode 44 of the podcast, was one where we weren't sure. It was just something that showed up. It was comics-based, so we don't normally go for that type of thing. And yet it's one of the, it's, I think it's still in the top five number of downloads for the podcast overall. It's People just love this show. But what's weird is that on the one hand, this episode of the podcast was also my most, most frustrating because we didn't have a spoiler zone about it. We just kind of talked about the first three episodes and left it at that. And the problem with that was that there was so much of the Umbrella Academy's appeal in the back half. And the show ended up being one of my favorites of 2019. And yet we didn't talk about a lot of the stuff that made it my favorite. But I don't know. It's actually still one of my favorite shows. But actually, the the main reason it 
made this list because, because we got to do something that we've only done one other time. And it was with a continuum person as well, where we got to pretend during the podcast that we were cold calling someone from the show. And this time it was Jeff King. Remember that little bit, Dave? <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Yeah. And those are so much fun. And, and again, uh, as you said, we, we, we certainly did it with Luvia. Uh, <laughs> and that was so cool because she was at her parents' house, I think, at the time we called her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. For those of you who listened to the Continuum podcast, there was an episode where we pretended that we wanted to know something more from Luvia Peterson and then called her. It's just a bit of creative editing where we did the interview at a completely separate time and then edited it together to sound like we were calling her complete with Skype sound effects and everything. And we did that again here with Jeff King, who was executive producer of Umbrella Academy. And he did such an incredible job of pretending like we had caught him unawares to complete the illusion, which I love when they do that. And since we knew him from Continuum, I feel like that's also a bit of a coincidence there and the Canadian aspect of people's willingness to play along as well. So, you know, Continuum uh, is a family that we will always be a part of in that sense. Should we be revealing this? Now we can't use this anymore. <laughs> we can't use that stunt. <laughs> Well, if yeah. it's video, we won't be able to. <laughs> uh, good point. Now, you know what? It seems to me, I recall, it was something about him being stuck in his car or he had to run out in his car. I, no, was some... he was pretending. That was all in act. Oh. He was in his house. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he was pretending like we just caught him in his car. It was great. <laughs> so, all right. Well, my third favorite memory of Sci-Fi Fidelity is episode 38, the Trisha Helfer interview, which oh, yes, was of course. published January 13th, two thousand. 19. So right from the start, I mean, come on, this is Trisha Helfer. Yeah. Number six, Battlestar Galactica, the devil's mother in the supernatural drama, Lucifer. And yes, Bill Davis was intimidating, as was George Takai. But dude, this is Trisha Helfer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I remember we had just had an interview that had technical difficulties. And so I had to edit Dave's questions in later. And I was dreading the idea that it would happen again with Trisha Helfer and thank goodness it didn't. And we both got to talk to her. Um, that's another illusion. I guess I'm breaking for the audience is that sometimes it's just one of us and we edit the questions in later, but, but Trisha Helfer was just one we both desperately wanted to talk to not only because of Lucifer being on the air, but also because she was just about to start a podcast. Yeah. And that was what was so interesting about it because, you know, we, we were feeling like we were helping her promote, this podcast that she was launching and and still doing by the way and still doing <laughs> and it was her her co-host and various uh, well-known guests that they would bring on going back and looking at Battlestar Galactica doing a rewatch and again not the first time I've heard an actor say this but the fact that she didn't remember a lot of things that going back and watching each episode, because I, I guess the reality is they're they're working so much during the course of the season that, you know, they film episode one and, you know, maybe they're not home the night it airs. Right, exactly. And then they're back recording the next episode. So uh, it was really fascinating to hear her talk about that angle and. Of course, she was able to line up a bunch of her Battlestar Galactica co-stars for the podcast, and it's just 
if if you haven't listened to her podcast, it's and you're a BSG fan, even if you're not, they're just all so much fun to listen to. Well, especially since Battlestar Galactica has sort of been revived a bit by being able to air again on Sci-Fi Network where it first aired. And I think people that are at home maybe have taken advantage of it. But if you haven't, it's there. I mean, this is a rare opportunity to do that and then maybe listen to back episodes of the podcast. But I know that she's currently still podcasting via Zoom. I think she now has like some of the same kind of uh, Zoom style interviews that you're seeing on Den of Geek with her podcast co-host. So yeah, it's just such a great time. And we caught her right there at the very beginning of it. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned a few minutes ago about having pre-prepared questions, but then getting a feel that we could go in other directions and talking to her immediately. She was just so warm. And while I don't think asking her about her motorcycle experiences (laughs) was anything we didn't want to go into, the fact that there were those calendars she did with co-star Katie Sackhoff, who we know as Lieutenant Kara Thrace, uh, we didn't want to make her think we were like creepy bringing up these uh, <laughs> sexy calendars they did, which were to raise money for charities, by the way. But, uh, you know, she was happy to talk about the motorcycles. It, and, and of <laughs> yeah. course, she and Katie Sackoff have, have been good friends for a long time. So that certainly was something she enjoyed talking about. So once again, the intimidation factor just melted away within yeah. minutes. Exactly. Very much a lot of fun. And it's interesting because the last three topics we just talked about were in the first two months of 2019, right when we started our weekly format. And I think that did reinvigorate us quite a bit. And it actually gave me a little bit of hope that we would be able to increase our numbers. And it just didn't happen over the next two years. So obviously, that's why we're having this final episode. But but boy, I really felt like we reinvigorated ourselves and the podcast during that first part of 2019. And in fact, my final one was one that we reprised in 2019, but our very first discussion topic happened way back in January of 2017 in episode 13 of Sci-Fi Fidelity. It was called Spaceship Characters, and it was part of a, you know, one of our monthly podcasts, so it was wrapped up with uh, I think travelers and a couple other show topics and whatnot, but it was the first time that we debuted this idea of Super 6 where Dave picked three things and I picked three things just like we're doing right now as exemplars of whatever topic we were talking about. And I remember being a little bit doubtful about whether moving our discussion topics to the front of the podcast, because that was the reinvention we were doing back then. It used to be at the end in 2016, but for the new year, I wanted to try something new. We moved the discussion topic to the front and it couldn't have gone better because in our discussion about spaceships like Lucy from Killjoys, Moya from Farscape, and even the TARDIS from Doctor Who, we got into some interesting discussions that where we had to agree or disagree or figure out if this was a good choice. And we didn't even have any notes from that episode. I, I went back and looked at our notes from episode 13, and it just had the list of ships. And we had to just kind of talk about it off the cuff. And I think that was kind of interesting how that evolved. And we just kind of listed them out and winged it. Yeah. And I think what really helped is that because these are short segments that we alternate directing the conversation, it just really helped us get into a flow for that 
podcast so that by the time we got to the show we were talking about for that evening, uh, we were already warmed up and ready to go. Exactly. That's a good way to think about it. (laughs) It was the opening act. And yeah, it really kind of invigorated me there too, where we were able to reinvent things. And um, the discussion topic became almost one of our longer segments. I mean, back then we of course had to keep everything to a 20 minute time period so that the podcast didn't run too long. Now, of course, each segment is, you know, 20 to 40 minutes, but or 45 even sometimes, but it really was a cool idea. And actually the super six might end up being a big part of what we do moving forward on YouTube or the like. So even if you don't have the podcast to subscribe to and listen to on your phone or your, wherever you're listening to your podcasts, uh, you might still be able to get the super six. So just keep that in mind as well. And we've had other fan favorite discussions more recently, but this one still stands out as one of our more unique super sixes so much so that, like I said, I reran it last August when we were taking that mini hiatus just to take a break during the time when there wasn't much new show content on the air. So you perhaps enjoyed that even if you were a late comer to the podcast. Well, I enjoyed the break. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you ha- you'll have one coming up as well. <laughs> and yes. Of course, Dave is still doing his sci-fi TV rewatch podcast, but I'll still be around. I'm I'm about to start reviewing Snowpiercer on TNT and also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back and I review that for Den of Geek. So you'll still see us on the site and, and we're st- we've got some plans. So Right. I'll be reviewing Vikings when it returns for its final season, as well as Van Helsing, which will probably be around October, I would think. Yeah. So definitely we'll still be around and still involved with Den of Geek. But we also wanted to share with you our listener feedback on this topic. And I have to say, I can't blame people from not chiming in, maybe in such great numbers this time, because it is kind of a challenging question when you think about it. What are your favorite moments from the podcast? It's kind of vague and (laughs) open-ended, but we did have a few people chime in. And I want to start with Carolyn. She didn't actually share with with us her specific topics, but she did want to say, I'm sad that this is the end of the podcast. I love listening to the shows you review, the amazing interviews you get to do, and your thoughts on shows. Thank you. And I hope to either see or hear from you guys soon. And she put in the see you guys soon because I, I did actually meet her in Atlanta one year at Dragon Con. So thank you, Carolyn, for being a loyal listener of the various podcasts that we've been involved in. And Carolyn also shares with me her different celebrity encounters on Twitter as well. And I appreciate that as well for that personal touch. Thanks, Carolyn. Okay. And certainly another loyal listener and poster in the Facebook group, uh, Linda checked in. So many great topics, so much love. Thanks, Mike and Dave, for bringing us together. Too many great episodes to mention, but I'll go with the episode about TV show music, which was a lot of fun to discuss. P.S. Now that you've reached 100, does that mean you can go into syndication? That's (laughs) how TV used to work. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) But yeah, I, I forgot about the one about the music because, again, you know, both of us are musicians and to talk about the different composing aspects, the creation of individual themes for different characters, it's just fascinating. And just, you know, how they go about doing it is just so much fun. Yeah, exactly. That one surprised me. I know when I brought it up as a discussion topic idea, you were a little skeptical. And then it turned out so great. And again, it was one of our most popular podcasts, even in the short time since it aired. 
it has shot up into the top 20. Uh, so that's good. I'm glad Linda mentioned that one. We'll also hear from David, who says he only recently discovered this podcast. And David, I have to say, I didn't know that because you've been such a huge contributor, especially on the Facebook group, but also here in the feedback segment that I just feel like you've been around forever. But yeah, I guess it was um, something that a lot of people came to later. And David says he came to us around the time we moved from monthly to weekly, so his choices won't go back too far. For interviews, David chooses Riley Dolman, Travelers, another really popular episode that got downloaded a lot. And he liked Brittany Curran from The Magicians as well. That was a great one as well. Both of these seemed very open and genuine and happy to talk about their backgrounds and experiences, which I tend to find more interesting than just hinting what's to come on their show. Yeah, Dave, you remember that's right around the time that we asked our audience, what do you like better, hearing about their life or hearing about their characters and their speculation about the show? And people pretty much chose the life experiences more. Yeah, and I recall Riley talking about how he came to acting yeah. with a semi-circuitous route. And again, just fascinating. And the interesting thing about Brittany Curran, I had not really gotten into the magicians yet at yeah, that that's right. point. So I had to do a, you know, a lot of rapid watching of, of key episodes. And of course, Fenn just becomes such a wonderful character. Yes, exactly. That was a lot of fun to talk to her. And David's favorite show topics were the Umbrella Academy, no surprise there, and Good Omens, oh, which are yeah. two excellent shows that I probably wouldn't have watched, David says, if you hadn't been going to cover them. So that's kind of cool. Most have been fun discussions, but I'll choose theme tunes and subtitled sci-fi. It's always enjoyable to remember good themes, and with only a few exceptions, dark, non-English shows don't get a lot of promotion. Thanks for all your recommendations, even if some weren't really my cup of tea. I'm sure I'll miss loads now. Thank you, David. That's great. Yeah, David is very honest when he doesn't necessarily agree with our choices, and I appreciate that a lot. And uh, I'm glad we were able to provide that service for you, David, both when it worked out and when it didn't. <laughs> all right, and then we'll finish up with, uh, this name looks familiar, Taltos. <laughs> Taltos goes back to the continuum days. What a great way to end. <laughs> With Taltos. Uh, for interviews, she says Clark Gregg, number 64, and William Davis, number 25. I forgot Clark Gregg again. We yeah. have to include him on that list of intimidators. Yes. <laughs> who turned out to be just such a sweetheart. Discussion topics, Apocalypse Now, number 14, August 25th, 2019 bonus episode. Best theme music, number 86. I also thought the Michael Gatt interview, August 16th, 2017, was an interesting look into how a composer starts work on a show, in this case, Blood Drive, and particularly how he adds some unique sounds into his music, like a revving car engine. Another show, Blood Drive, <laughs> I, I, that is definitely not the kind of show I would be drawn to. And, and I think the music played a huge part of me just getting into that show. Well, don't you think also David mentioned that I'm sure I'll miss loads now, he said, but don't you feel like maybe we'll miss loads now? We actually just in being forced to find show topics got exposed to shows we wouldn't have watched otherwise. <laughs> I, I do. And, and sometimes we had to force ourselves to watch some of these yeah. <laughs> shows because again, you know, 
sometimes we got a lot on our plate, you know, and I know there was one point where I was covering four shows in a week. Oh my God. And recording the podcast with you. And then of course, recording sci-fi TV rewatch as well. I barely could keep my head above water, <laughs> but uh, Talto says, thanks Mike and Dave for bringing such a great podcast for over three and a half years. I hope you guys are able to transition to the video format so we can continue to have your insights into genre TV. Thank you so much Taltos for your contributions everywhere. We've podcasted. Yes. And I can't think of a better way to end than with that commentary. So thanks so much guys. Those of you who have contributed really helped us put a nice little capper on this discussion. And I hope you enjoyed all of our show topics, interviews and discussion topics over the years, but that's going to be it for sci-fi fidelity. You can keep the discussion going on social media. We will still be around in the Facebook group and on Twitter. And of course, you can follow Den of Geek on Twitter and Facebook as well at Den of Geek US. And in the meantime, you can find me over at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch.podbean.com, where Wayne and I are currently covering the Norwegian Netflix series Ragnarok. Uh, we're going to be doing Dark Season 3 when it appears. Uh, Mike and I will continue reviewing your favorite genre television at Den of Geeks, so make sure you check in there as well. And keep in touch because we will be letting you know where you will be able to see us next. Thanks again for listening over the years. This is Sci-Fi Fidelity, signing out. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 